You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include the New York subway shooter has been caught, an unconfirmed substance was released in Ukraine, and a major New Jersey public defender is accused of workplace discrimination. Here's your national news recap for the week of April 10th. NYPD cops were at 36th Street subway station in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, investigating a shooting there. Pictures on social media show blood from the subway platform. Police say 16 people were injured, 10 shot after an attack on the Brooklyn subway Tuesday morning. None of the victims have life-threatening injuries. A report says a gun was recovered at the scene. CNN says law enforcement confirms the weapon was recovered at the Brooklyn station. Police are identifying the man who rented a van allegedly connected to Tuesday morning subway shooting in Brooklyn. Cops say the man is from the Philadelphia area and has a criminal history in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and New York. They identified the van through license plate technology and say the van was driven from PA to New York through New Jersey. The suspected New York City subway attacker has been captured. New York City Mayor Eric Adams said Wednesday, we got him. He thanked police and federal agents for the capture. Frank James was wanted for allegedly shooting 10 people on a train while it pulled into a Brooklyn station. He was paraded in front of cameras after his capture. Frank James did what's known as the perp walk after being arrested early Wednesday. He said nothing as reporters shouted questions. President Biden met with Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi virtually Monday with a warning about Russian energy imports. A White House statement Sunday said Biden will make it clear that the U.S. does not want to see a surge in Indian imports of Russian energy. India has bought at least 13 million barrels of Russian crude oil since troops invaded Ukraine in late February. India bought about 16 million barrels of Russian crude in all of 2021. President Biden says Russian President Vladimir Putin is committing genocide in Ukraine. That's what he said while speaking in Iowa about gas prices. Biden said a family's budget and ability to fill up their gas tank should not hinge on whether a dictator declares war and commits genocide half a world away. Just last week, Biden refused to describe the war that way. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan had also recently said Russia's invasion has yet to reach the U.S. requirement of genocide. Thousands are voting in Ohio's spring primary, even though not everything is settled yet with state voting maps. Jack Crumley has more. Despite still ongoing issues with Ohio's voting district maps, the Secretary of State says more than 71,000 people have requested absentee ballots ahead of the May 3rd primary. That primary is happening without races for state House and state Senate on the ballot, as the Ohio Redistricting Commission is now on its fourth attempt at drawing fair lines. There could be a primary for those races in August. Roughly 12,000 early absentee ballots have been cast so far. I'm Jack Crumley. 
The Senate's top Republican is hopeful about the GOP's chances in the midterm elections this fall. Mitch McConnell said the political atmosphere is very good for his party, but he also warned about blowing the election. He said Republicans nominated unelectable candidates in 2010 and 2012, which led them to not winning the Senate. Democrats currently hold the Senate majority thanks to Vice President Harris's tie-breaking vote. Harris County Judge Lena Hidalgo is vowing to not fire three staffers who are under indictment. The Democrat called the corruption indictments unfair allegations, saying critics don't understand the facts. She also tied the charges against former senior advisor Aaron Dunn, Chief of Staff Alec Trintafilis, and Policy Director Wallace Nader, unsurprising because of the election year. The three are accused of directing an $11 million COVID vaccine outreach contract to a firm run by a Democratic consultant. The contract was eventually canceled. A Texas death row inmate may avoid execution after winning a legal battle to allow his pastor to lay hands on him in the death chamber. The district attorney in John Ramirez's case has filed a brief, arguing that the death penalty is unethical, and the request for an execution date was filed without his knowledge. Democratic DA Mark Gonzalez is one of about five dozen elected prosecutors who signed a letter saying that the nation cannot pursue justice while our country continues to execute the unluckiest among us. Ramirez is set to be executed on October 5th. Portland police have filed charges against a man who allegedly shot at officers Wednesday afternoon. Police were investigating a stolen van near Southeast 113th and Foster Road when the suspect ran. Police caught up with him a couple blocks away, and during a physical confrontation, the man fired a shot. No one was hurt. Police seized a semi-automatic handgun as evidence. 32-year-old Jordan Phillips is charged with attempted murder in the first degree, unlawful use of a weapon, felon in possession of a firearm, and resisting arrest. A Southfield doctor has agreed to repay the federal government $775,000 for submitting false medical claims. Dr. Vinay Malvia allegedly billed Medicare and Medicaid for unnecessary procedures between February of 2011 and June of 2017. As part of the agreement, Malvia will be excluded from those health programs for the next three years. Those restrictions are for both services and prescription drugs. A Hempstead man is pleading guilty in his role in a brutal 2017 gang-related murder. Nassau County DA Ann Donnelly announced 23-year-old Kevin Granados Correas pleaded guilty this week to the murder of Julio Cesar Esponce Gonzalez at the Massapequa Park Preserve. The defendant convinced the victim to join him at the preserve to smoke marijuana and hang out with girls, where the victim was then hacked to death by MS-13 gang members. Sentencing is May 13th, with the defendant expected to get 23 years to life. Several others involved have already been sentenced. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. I'm Victoria Baker with your international news. Honda is jumping on the electric vehicle bandwagon to the tune of $40 billion. The Japanese automaker announced it would work to electrify its vehicle lineup. Honda has planned to launch 30 new EV models, including two SUVs and a mini car by 2030. The manufacturer says that they'll up productions to over 2 million units annually. Honda is focusing its efforts on so-called solid-state batteries, which are supposed to be faster and lighter than their lithium-ion counterparts. 
Honda has invested around $34 million into developing its own line of solid-state batteries, which it hopes to market in the latter half of the decade. The automaker's announcement comes much later than many of its competitors as the company continues to bet on hybrids. Finland and Sweden are set to join NATO as soon as this summer. According to the Times of London, the Times City's U.S. officials who say the Nordic countries move to join the alliance points up to massive strategic blunder by Russia, putting two more NATO members on and near Russian borders. These officials reportedly said memberships for the two countries was a topic of conversation and multiple sessions during meetings last week, which Finland and Sweden attended. North Korea is marking 10 years since Kim Jong-un took over the leader of ruling Workers' Party and the country. Kim has moved into a number of top party positions to cement his power base since succeeding his late father Kim Jong-il as the country's leader in April of 2012. Kim Jong-il died December 2011. The best-selling British author who wrote The Eagle Has Landed is dead at the age of 92. HarperCollins said that Henry Patterson died at his home surrounded by his family. His novel about Nazi plot to kidnap Winston Churchill during World War II sold more than 50 million copies and later became a major film. Patterson sold more than 25 million books over his long career, including Hell is Too Crowded, To Catch a King, and The Midnight Bell. A man will be sentenced later this week after being convicted of killing a British lawmaker. It took a jury less than half an hour to convict Ali Harbi Ali of killing David Ames last October. It happened at a church northeast of London during a meeting that was set up between the two. Amos was stabbed nearly two dozen times. The head of the Crown Prosecution Services Counter Terrorism Division didn't mince words when describing the attack. He said Ali committed a horrific act of terrorism motivated by religious and ideologic beliefs. The mayor of Mariupol in Ukraine says over 100,000 people are still waiting to be evacuated from the city. He also claims in a new interview that Russian forces have deployed an unconfirmed substance on the southern port city. The mayor says that some residents were complaining about a bad taste and deteriorating health because of the substance, but that they have been unable to take a sample of it. The French Open will not make it harder for Russian players to compete on the red clay next month. The French Open plans to follow the current ruling by international tennis organizations that Russian players can compete, but not under the name or flag of Russia. That response is to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. There are reports coming out of Britain that U.S. Open men's champion Daniel Medvita and other Russian players might be banned from playing at the Wimbledon unless the publicly denounced Russian President Vladimir Putin. That was your international news. I'm Victoria Baker. Now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. A hospital technician is suing a New Jersey hospital following a savage attack by a travel nurse. It happened in early February at Hackensack University Medical Center. Police say Nicholas Pagano, an off-duty travel nurse, entered the hospital with a wrench and chemicals and assaulted the technician in a break room, bashing the 54-year-old in the head and throwing chemicals in her face. The suit says she is in a rehabilitation facility and is permanently disabled. The travel nurse was found dead a day later in an apparent suicide. The tech's lawyer blames the attack on lax hospital security and negligence by the agency that hired the travel nurse. From Matt Arco and Brent Johnson at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, 
Governor Phil Murphy announced recently that he ordered the State Department of Education to review sex education standards New Jersey adopted two years ago. This comes after the guidelines sparked an uproar among some parents and Republican officials. The Democratic governor said he wants the department to provide further clarification on what age-appropriate guidelines look like for the state's students. Murphy also lashed out at critics, saying this topic has become the latest battleground over what students should be taught in classrooms. The guidelines outline when New Jersey students should learn about topics such as sexual orientation, gender identity, and anatomy. They were adopted by the State Board of Education in 2020 and are set to take effect in the fall. Sales of recreational marijuana could begin in New Jersey in the coming weeks. That's the word from Governor Phil Murphy after the state's Cannabis Regulatory Commission approved the expansion of seven medical dispensaries recently. They'd previously been allowed only to sell pot to adults who have a doctor's prescription. The facilities and their satellite locations are distributed throughout the state from Bordentown to Bloomfield. They're operated by a variety of cannabis companies, with more applications still being processed. From Kevin Shea at NJ.com, Three one-time New Jersey public defenders say in lawsuits they suffered a variety of workplace discrimination before they were forced out or fired due to trumped-up misconduct charges. In separate lawsuits, the three described Joseph Krakora, the top lawyer in the office of the public defender, as knowing or causing hostile work conditions, and at times personally driving internal disciplinary actions that ended their public service careers. Heather Timmons was a 17-year public defender and assigned to the Middlesex County office when she says she was targeted by Krikora over the operation of the Middlesex office during a leadership change. The other employee, a Middlesex office secretary, had for years displayed a toxic work persona and was once suspended for five days. Timmons, a black woman, also said the employee once wrote a racial slur next to Timmons' name on a work form, the suit says. These suits and more are pending against Krikora. NJ Transit Board members are getting pushback over a power plant proposal. NJ.com reports protesters challenged the state's $577 million transit grid project and called on board members to reconsider a proposed natural gas-fired backup power plant in Kearney. The project would provide emergency backup power for several NJ rail lines, and environmentalists say it would also release tremendous air pollution. Paula Rogovin of the group Don't Gas the Meadowlands told the outlet they need assurance that every possible effort will be made to use renewable energy. From Alicia Vitarelli and the 6ABC Digital staff at 6ABC.com, the first outdoor pool of the season is officially open in Philadelphia. The heated outdoor pool at the Samuel Recreation Center is now actively training lifeguards. The city is on a major campaign to fill hundreds of open spots, and they recently sweetened the deal with a pay increase. The pay has shifted from $15.25 to $17.24 an hour, and it is now $16 to $18 an hour. Philly Parks and Recreation aims to hire about 800 lifeguards, so they can open all 68 outdoor pools this summer. Officials say this will keep kids off the streets and teach life-saving skills. The lifeguard certification is free for applicants ages 16 to 24 who commit to working in a city pool. I'm Sam Whalen, and that was your local news. I'm Cry Bennett with the Rowan News. Rowan's Public Relations Student Society of America partnered with the Gift of Life program and hosted their 15th annual organ donation program. Rowan Radio sat down with Barry Evans to give us an inside look of this tremendous event. Well, at Rowan, it's been an annual thing. They've been doing it for the past 15 years, but National Organ Donating Day is February 14th. 
So in the public relations chapter on the e-board, there was a position called Organ Donor Day Chair. That's my position. And so every year we host an event that spreads awareness about organ donating and the benefits about it. There's multiple types of organ donating. There's, there's stem cells, there's lungs, there's liver, there's heart, there's eyes. So depending on what you donate, it makes a big difference. However, there's a stat that one eye donated saves 35 lives, one liver donated saves 75, and so forth. With stem cells, it's a bit different. Stem cells, there's no limitations on that. You can give as many and receive as many. I'm not too big on gaining donations. I just want to spread awareness. Also, give out a bunch of free stuff for all the guys here and students. The U.S. is one of the leaders in, you know, legal organ donating. So just trying to push that narrative of not the illicit organ donating that's, you know, up in the air. Like, there's good organ donating out there. I'm just trying to spread that. I would say, speaking to the Rowan community, about not even organ donating, but just helping others out, whether that's through organ donating or any other, you know, organization that helps others. So I would say talking to, you know, the Rowan community, making sure that they're doing things to help other people's lives. For more information on how to get involved or to donate, you can go to organdonor.gov or www.rowan.edu. I'm Kriya Bennett with the Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Roan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Roan Radio News Team. I'm Nick Earnshaw with your news around the sports world. In Roan Sports News, Roan Baseball has been on a hot streak as of late, and heading into the weekend, the Profs have won four out of their last five games. The Profs scored eight or more runs in those four victories. Pitcher Eli Atia continues to be dominant for the Profs, and in his last start against Montclair State, he pitched seven innings of shutout baseball and only allowed three hits and struck out five. Ryan Mastrangeli, over those five games, had a total of seven hits and had three of them come in one game. As for the Rowan softball team, they have been on fire as well. The Profs have won 12 out of their last 13 games. Their last game came this past Tuesday for a doubleheader against TCNJ. The softball team split the two games, losing the first contest 3-2. Rowan out hit the Lions 8-6 in that game, but fell short of claiming victory with a late rally in the 4th and 5th innings by the Lions. However, the Prowse bounced back in Game 2, trouncing on TCNJ in 6 innings, winning 11-1. Four Prowse had multi-hit games, with Liz McCaffrey leading the way, going 2-4 for four with two RBIs. For Rowan track and field, the men's team is ranked number one regionally as well as nationally. Robert McKinney was named NJAC Rookie of the Week for the week, ending on April 10th. At the Temple University Invitational last Friday, McKinney was on the 4x100 relay team where they were the top time in Division Three the entire season at 41.16 seconds. He also ran PRs in two races, the 100 meters and the 200 meters, running a 10.85, also a 21.85. The men's track and field team, they will be spread out over an abundance of different events this weekend. They will be at the Auburn University for the War Eagle Invitational Friday and Saturday. And on those days, the Larry Ellis Invitational is at Princeton. On Saturday, the Prowse will also compete in the Chester Quarry Classic at Widener. 
Moving along to professional sports and the National Football League, the Indianapolis Colts have made another major move, signing veteran cornerback and former Defensive Player of the Year Stephon Gilmore to a two-year $23 million contract, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN. The Colts have also recently signed former Eagles Super Bowl winning safety Rodney McLeod last week. According to reports, Dallas Cowboys cornerback Kelvin Joseph has been connected to a fatal shooting that happened back on March 18, 2022. During an altercation, Joseph appeared to be included that eventually led to the shooting. Now police located in the lower Greensville area of Dallas would like to speak to Joseph about the incident. No comment has been made publicly by the Cowboys or Joseph. To Philadelphia and the Philadelphia Phillies, third baseman Alec Bohm was caught on camera lipping a negative connotation regarding Philadelphia and their fans after Philly fans jokingly cheered a routine play that Bohm made stemming from the abundance of errors that he's made through his career. Bohm owned up to it following the game and the next day was given a standing ovation by the Philadelphia faithful. With that, I'm Nick Earnshaw with Sports here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. E-cigarette giant Juul is agreeing to pay Washington State $22.5 million to settle a lawsuit accusing it of targeting underage customers. Washington State Attorney General Bob Ferguson announced the settlement Wednesday. Ferguson filed a consumer protection lawsuit against Juul in 2020, accusing the company of contributing to a large rise in teen vaping rates and deceiving customers about the addictiveness of its products. Juul admits no wrongdoing or liability under the terms of the settlement. A tech company is making it possible for you to buy things with a microchip implanted in your body. Trey Thomas reports. The British-Polish company Walletmore is selling microchips as alternative payment options. The chips are about the size of a grain of rice, cost around $300, and must be implanted in your body, preferably your hand. The company says after you activate the chip using a digital wallet app, you can make purchases at most businesses around the world just by swiping your hand over a card reader. I'm Trey Thomas. A key measure of inflation rose at the fastest clip since records have been kept. The producer price index increased 1.4% in March, more than the 1% bump analysts had forecast. It's the biggest one-year increase since the Bureau of Labor Statistics first calculated 12-month data late in 2010. Shoppers beware, Amazon sellers may start hiking prices after being hit with new fees. The online retail giant is adding its first fuel and inflation surcharge. This means that sellers will pay an extra 5% for items to be delivered from fulfillment centers. Gas prices are up 48% from last year and inflation just soared to a record 8.5%. The surcharge begins in two weeks and is on top of fee increases that began in January. A Missouri woman is proving patience pays off. The unidentified woman told state lottery officials she has been using the same numbers to play the Powerball for the last 20 years. Her latest purchase with the numbers turned out to be a $50,000 winner. She says the whole thing is pretty unbelievable. Believable. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Joshua Ficino. Actor and comedian Gilbert Gottfried is dead at the age of 67. Gottfried's family confirmed the news on his official Twitter account, stating he passed away after a long illness. He was best known for his stand-up comedy and his numerous acting roles, including voicing Iago in the Aladdin films. He started doing stand-up at the age 15 in New York City. In 1975, he was cast on Saturday Night Live and also appeared on The Cosby Show. Britney Spears is announcing she's expecting her third child. 
the pop star took to Instagram to announce her pregnancy. This will be her first child with fiancé Sam Ascari, who she referred to as her husband in the post. Wanting to have another baby is something Spears hinted at during her battle to end her conservatorship. During a court appearance, she said her father did not allow her to get married and have a baby. Spears did not announce a due date. Netflix is launching its two thumbs up user content ratings for TV shows and movies. The feature will let users express deeper affection for their favorite media and give the streaming platform greater direction to refine content recommendations, swapping out its five-star rating system. The new feature will start to appear across all platforms throughout the week. A blockbuster defamation lawsuit by actor Johnny Depp against his ex-wife Amber Heard began this week. Depp is suing Heard for $50 million, claiming an op-ed piece Heard wrote in the Washington Post falsely accused him of domestic abuse. Although the article never mentioned Depp by name, his lawyers claim it was clear Heard was referencing him and his career has since been devastated. Depp reportedly lost the role of Captain Jack Sparrow in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise because of this article. Actor Cuba Gooding Jr. is pleading guilty to groping charges in Manhattan. The Oscar-winning 54-year-old Jerry Maguire star was facing six sexual misconduct counts involving three women. Gooding Jr. spoke in court apologizing to the women. The actor will have to continue rehab for the next six months and is due back in court October 13th for a follow-up hearing on his guilty plea. It's feeling like the 2000s once again because J-Lo and Ben Affleck are engaged. Jennifer Lopez opened up about her second chance at love, saying she was in the bath when Ben Affleck proposed. She said she was taken off guard and was trying to get her head around the fact that after 20 years, it was happening all over again. She said it was nothing fancy, but still the most romantic thing she could have imagined. The two were engaged in the early 2000s, but called it quits before rekindling last year. A famous music couple is going their separate ways after nearly 30 years. TMZ reports Tish Cyrus filed for divorce from country star Billy Ray Cyrus in Tennessee last week. The two have five kids together, including Miley and Noah Cyrus. This is the third time the couple has filed for divorce, as Billy Ray filed in 2010 and Tish previously asked for a split in 2013. It's unclear what the reason is for Tish's filing. I'm Joshua Ticino, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Roan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.